Welcome to this episode of Sean and D's Good Tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski. How you doing, D? Hello, Bungo. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, uh, how are things over there in uh, Peoria, Sean? It's hot, but it's good. It's it's summertime. <laughs> it's Everything's open. Everything's good. So uh, happy about that. And Richie's back this week. Welcome back, Richie. We missed you last week. Gentlemen, it's great to be back. It, and yeah, it, it, it sucked uh, hearing you without me there. It just didn't feel right. <laughs> It's uh, like you can't imagine a world positive, without you in it, right? <laughs> we we actually had some pretty positive reviews about the show. That how me and you, Sean, sounded like happier than we had in a long time. It was. <laughs> it was <laughs> I was like, whoa. What, you you that, def- that's, we- that's weird. All the uh, reviews I saw said something's missing. Yeah. <laughs> I just that was your review. <laughs> I just did. I just didn't get. I just didn't get any reviews at all. So I'll just. I'll be Switzerland on this one for sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, we got a great playlist today. Um, a lot of uh, classic hits, if you will. Some songs going back to you know the origins of the show. It is the 40th show, so it kind of made and sense. and the to, one year anniversary. Yes. So both of those things kind of coincide with. Let's use some a lot of songs, at least not all of them, but most of them songs that we used to listen to quite a bit when we drove around and listened to the good tapes which is where the show you know originally came from so um i'm kind of excited about all of that but uh but first um d i guess you're probably a little bit on uh cloud nine with the way that the uh the cubs are playing right now life's good with you over in korea and the way the cubs are playing baseball i i got a little nervous with that san francisco series like the june swoon was setting in but they they kicked it back into gear they're playing really well i i'm so fucking happy with them yeah I, I will say Richie and I have both been to games recently down in St. Louis. It's also nice to see baseball back in person and just, uh, you know, that, that kind of being back to some sort of, sort of normalcy too. I don't love the way the Cardinals are playing right now, but it's still nice that, uh, that baseball's accessible and all of that kind of stuff again. And you know what? It's nice to see that the Cubs are competitive because we thought that division was going to be a pretty competitive division as we went along all summer. Unfortunately, we thought the Cardinals would be one of the competitive teams in the division, and, and that just doesn't seem to be the case these days. Not right now. They need to they need to make some trades or get healthy or something like that. But baseball's back. Illinois reopened, so that's that's good, and and uh, life's good right now. Like I said, D, you looked like you were going to say something. That's why I, <laughs> I did. I was yeah. I was going. I had a brain fart. <laughs> okay. I, I was going to say something about Korea being reopened, but uh, uh, but it. It's, it's actually, I think they're actually getting another wave of it. Here. Are they really? Like, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they were handing out masks and shit. But but I, people don't seem to give a shit anymore. That's the, that's, you know. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of the new norm is that I, I, I don't know that you can really go back to uh, the way things were. Because... It would be hard. It'd be hard to put the genie back in the bottle. There's no doubt about it. So, so anyway. It, it is weird. It is, it is odd, you know, seeing a full crowd of unmasked people, you know, at baseball games and, and things like that. Like, you know, after we spent, like you said, Sean, like the last 15 months uh, going through all of this. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's, it's like oddly comfortable, but unsettling at the same time. Well, I will say, and, and Richie and I went to a game. What was that Richie three weeks ago now? Probably yeah. it was, yep. yeah, it was a Friday night. It was the Cardinals Cubs game. And that was the first time that I'd really been around the whole no mask thing. It was right after the CDC said, okay, we're done with this. And Illinois lifted it as well. And, and walking through the Bush stadium concourses and seeing all these people, you know, 30,000 people were admitted at the games. Then now they're back to full capacity. The next, um, next time they play a game there, but it was weird walking around and people just didn't have masks on and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, you, you, it, that's, that's normal. It just doesn't feel normal yet, but it will. It, you know, after a, another month or month or so, I think that a lot of the whole not seeing people with masks things won't be so weird anymore. Did it feel different the second game you went to last week? It did, yeah, because I've gotten more used to it now, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think there was more people there. I'm not sure. I, I think so. It yeah. did. It did not feel that full when we went, mm-hmm. and, and I noticed that people were still very like very good about personal space as you're walking mm-hmm. through the concourse and in line for food and stuff. 
Like people are still giving you a bubble. It, and it was it that way again. It was that yeah, way okay. again. Yeah. I, I didn't ever feel like I was like overwhelmed by people or, or anything <laughs> like that. You know, the, the, I mean, life's changed quite a bit in a lot of these places. I mean, cash does you no good in a place like Bush stadium. Now you have to have your credit card or you're not going to buy anything while you're there. A lot of the kiosks. Now, when you go up to a concession stand, you do the touch screen thing and then you pick up your order down at the other end. You don't even deal with a person. So they've also, they, I mean, they've just changed a lot of things the way they do business, which I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge that right now because I haven't gotten enough time to get used to it and test it out. But, but you can just tell a difference in the way things run for sure well it's just like the whole working from home thing you know like like i'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of places that realize that you know if it's economically and efficiently easier to do things like that like like this last 15 months is going mm -hmm. to change a lot of the way things are done in the world there are people who have started jobs during the pandemic and started working from home from day one that have never set foot in their offices before <laughs> so yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> like this guy right here yeah exactly and you're not the only one i know somebody who has a job her her husband has a job in phoenix who's never set foot in the building that he works in she's getting ready to accept a job down in your area richie and they're going to move there and he's still going to work for the place in phoenix even though you know he won't be in town anymore he might have to fly there once in a while but that's about it it's why that's uh, a couple of the guys that i work with have moved during covid because you know, they're like, ah, I'm, I'm fully remote. I'm not going back. I'm, I'm going to go to Texas. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So. Don't know why, but <laughs> everything's bigger in Texas, better in, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, just don't mess with it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Gents, I, I do have a clarifying point from last week. So uh, I don't actually keep a manifesto of, of notes for the podcast. I just keep simple little notes, write things down here and there. Uh, my manifesto is something totally different, and you guys have <laughs> Oh, the manifesto. That's scary. That's scary. I kind of feel like you've been working on that since high school, actually. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Once again, you won't see it. <laughs> the book of grudges. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm sitting here looking at the Cardinals and Cubs are starting on a Saturday night as we as we tape this. What are up with these uniforms that the Cubs are wearing tonight? Oh, I'm assuming the Cardinals are going to be weird too. I don't know, but they've got Wrigleyville on the front and they're navy blue. They look like the Seattle Mariners jerseys. Honestly, I thought I I thought they went to the wrong feet at first when I when I started watching the game. This, this is, is those... what we call a cash grab by mm -hmm. uh, the team to sell more jerseys. Mm. And, and this, these are like the city, uh, something or whatever, because because uh, Boston had like a yellow jersey earlier this season, like mm. like for some I, I have no idea, like the Boston Red Sox wearing a fucking yellow jersey, like this. No, that's yeah, yeah. It's it's just selling jerseys. That's all they're trying. So to do you have the hat on order already, dude? Waiting for you? No, when you get no, it. I don't. I don't care for these at all. Huh. I, I actually thought I, the hats were not bad, honestly, for yeah. something different. But but they're they're not Cubs hats. No, like that's. Not. No, you 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 look at it. It's like a, a California flag hat or something like that. It's not a well. It's the Chicago flag, but it's a uh, uh, you know like the Bulls did a uniform like that too. A the Bulls uniform is actually cool though. I like the Bulls uniform, the one that they their their alternate because the Bulls still make me mad. I, we're we're rambling already today. Anyhow, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but the Bulls the Bulls still make me mad because they wear their red jerseys at home now and their white jerseys on the road. It just it all, just irks me every time. Do it. I know. I, I hate I, it. I flip on a game and I spend the first five minutes, all these playoff mm -hmm. games, like thinking the teams are backwards until I realize, oh no, it's just the home teams wearing the road colors. It's great. Yeah. And they got like six different uniforms. Like we're, we're getting on our old, old man soapboxes. I remember back in the day when this shit was this way. Get off my lawn. Way. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's except, get it. Except that it's literally just to generate revenue, just mm -hmm. to get people to go buy their fourth Jordan jersey. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, all right, let's get into this podcast. We've uh, been on our soapbox enough. So first song this week is D's song, Rearview Mirror by Pearl Jam. Great song. It's an, a fantastic song and live. It's even better. Uh, uh, it, they get to like explore the, the space of the album or the song, but it's just, yeah, it's just one. It was the, probably the biggest standout off of Versus, I think, that you know came out in 93. Which is, that's saying something, because that album's pretty good from start to finish. I mean, there's not not necessarily what you would call a throwaway track on that album. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I originally picked Leash off of this album, because uh, it, it, it's, it's one of my favorite ones off of there. And, it, you know, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting song to talk about it. But then when Sean, when, as we'll see, the songs that you picked for this one year, 40, 
40th uh, episode. Uh, it's uh, uh, I went with this one just, you know, because it's the big song off of the album to me anyhow. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, it's such a good song. It's a good oh. breakup song. It's It's just... He has such emotion and, and such power in his voice. You know, the the notes kind of talked about that it's kind of like a breakup song and it's I'll see you in my rearview mirror type thing. But man, when you read the lyrics to the song, when you really read the lyrics, it's almost like a kid who's gotten the shit knocked out of him by his well, parent or something. And he's like, and as soon as he can get out of that situation, yeah. he goes. So I and, think and, I think you can kind of equate the song a few different ways. Oh, and exactly. And that's, that's always how he has written his songs too, to be kind of a, uh, you know, you can go anywhere with it. You a little don't bit ambiguous. To... Yeah. Ambiguous. That was the mm-hmm. word I couldn't think of. Uh, it, it, you can, you know, like the, I, I guess it was the beatings that made me wise, but I'm not about to give thanks or apologize. Like that line there could mean, yeah. you know, a shitty girl, a shitty relationship with your, you know, significant other or your parents or, you know, a teacher or some shit like that. It could be anything, you know, yeah. it, it, it's just outstanding. And one of those great, great driving songs, where, well, you know, just, well, scream your head off to it and the guitar the guitar and the drums just drive this song too i mean speaking of driving i know that's not exactly what you meant but i mean just absolutely drive this song and then him screaming the lyrics the way that he's he's singing the song i mean it's a very very intense song all the way around like like putting people in your rearview mirror he's he he talks a lot like a lot of his songs have to do with like a driving thing i think that's a bruce springsteen uh, mm-hmm. uh uh, influence but like i gather speed from you fucking with me once and for all i'm far away i hardly believe finally the shades are raised like fuck yeah that's so fucking great like yeah i'm done with you fuckers that sort of thing you know it's fucking great mm-hmm. and it's just it's a good uh good skill to have in life to to figure out when somebody's bringing you down and yeah it doesn't work and put them in yeah, the right here I, I think I, I i i well i know richie you and i have have experience in this uh you know like a it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but sometimes you just got to say, fuck it. You know, it's, yep. it's no good for me. So why, why am I dealing with this shit? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the next song, Sean is yours. Uh, and I can't, I still can't find the version of this. We'd like the most. Oh, uh, the, 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 the live version from the B side of the uh, far, far behind. behind. Yeah. 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 That's why I like this song so much. This, this version's fine. The one, the just standard album version, but the, the live version that was the B side when, you know, the, the song is, I mean, the meaning is fine. It was basically the song is you by Candlebox. I guess I should uh, say what it is, but the, the, the song basically, you know, from what the notes were, were saying was the lead singer of Candlebox basically had a drug problem. And this is him, you know, basically trying to quit the drug problem and you know, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of situation which so it's got a good meaning to the song, but man, this, this song kind of like rearview mirror, not quite as intense as rearview mirror. This song also very driven by the music and it, it's just a, it's an intense song all the way around. And you can tell it's more the music driven because the, the, the lyrics are kind of rambly, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's almost like he's making it up as he goes. Yeah. Uh, uh, And, 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 and I mean, far behind is kind of like that. And a lot of that first album is actually kind of like that. Uh, it's not the most so, rambly song on the, on the playlist this week. Though. We'll get to that <laughs> no, coming, coming up. up next, actually. Uh, the, uh, uh, but, but I, I think I, I sent you guys, I don't know. It was, you know, you guys were asleep when I sent it, but, uh, uh, I forgot this was actually a single released off the album mm-hmm. and the, uh, and the single version is incredibly edited down mm-hmm. uh like like not even just like a bleep or something like they take out huge chunks of the song it's not nearly it's it, it loses its entire intention i think when oh, it's well, on the, the radio. Fuck you part is yeah. the biggest part of mm-hmm. the song i mean of course when we were you know 14 uh, with 17 16 or whatever this came out I, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it was uh, i mean we loved any song that had the word fuck in it uh but especially but- you know where you could scream fuck you in the car but this is one of those first ones where it was so like kind of subtly slipped in there. Like yeah. your radio version, you don't notice that it's missing. And then you hear the album, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, again, and like, like Sean was talking about, I think we've talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. before is, is one of us had the cassette single for far behind. It was me. And, uh, yeah. and the B side, I think we all ended up buying it at one point, but the B side of that was the live version of this where, where, you know, that, uh, uh, that part like really just stood out. And that was the other video I sent to you guys was a live version from a, f- a few years ago, actually like 2017 or something where it's still got the same intensity to it. It's, well, and it's, it, it's a, 
and it's got the whole the whole build up to it. I, I still remember the single so well because we listened to it so much. It's don't you put your push your drugs in my face or I'm gonna put you in your place. Come on, everybody knows this one. Yeah. You know, and then the whole crowd just screams it. I mean, yeah. it's just so yeah. cool. And and I actually saw them in concert. I don't know if you've ever seen them, D. Did did you ever see them in concert? I actually no, no, saw no. them in concert and the crowd did scream it just like that, and it was really cool to be in the crowd when they did that. So were you not there when they played the Sangamon County Fair? No, remember that was when you borrowed my car, uh, that that to go to that because you were home for uh, from college. I didn't go to yeah. that. I didn't go to him no, no, no. Richie, County. Richie did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, no, me and you didn't. I think there was a Bulls game on or something, or like we were watching something because because uh, I was at your house because that's where Richie you picked up the, my car. Mm, yeah. If I'm remembering this correctly, I can't. I, I, I'm surprised we didn't all go. That just seems kind of that's. And that's, I'm shocked yeah. I did. I went. It must have been like a Bulls finals game or something like that. Well, which would make sense. I mean, if it was '97 or '98, that'd yeah. be right in the time frame that the fair happens is the NBA finals. So that had to have been what it was because I can't imagine why we wouldn't have gone. Well, it would have been June because that's the only time I was ever home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, and that's yeah. when the Sangamon County Fair goes on, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yep. mm-hmm. and then like a month later, yeah. yeah I actually saw them. Weirdly enough, since I've lived in Peoria now for sixteen plus years, um, I saw them here in Peoria at a place called the Madison Theater, and it was the first time in my life that I believed that I was ever in Peoria, and that was the first time that I, I, yeah, would have ever been here. Madison Theater is a really nice. It wasn't really nice. It wasn't nice. I shouldn't say that. It was a very historic <laughs> building. It was a very historic building that was like an old opera house type thing that you know you, that they held concerts in. It has since been shut down for the whole time I've lived here. It's been shut down. Somebody just bought it this week and they're going to renovate it and put it back to its original glory and oh, start wow. having concerts and stuff there again. So just a little sidebar fun on that. But but yeah, it's um it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's I, I mean the timing of it, you know. Yeah, to, to absolutely. To this, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like we did it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of concert, Sean, should we rub in Dennis's face? Yeah, How are we going? Did, well, he doesn't know about the second one. He just knows about the first one. So about Alanis Morissette, we're going to go see Alanis Morissette garbage. And is it Liz fair? Is that right? Yeah. She just put out a new album. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And that's at the, towards the end of September, but I bought yesterday, Richie and I tickets to go see the counting crows on August 21st. Uh, Well, you guys were talking about that in our little chat thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we got 23rd row stage, right in that 4,500 seat. Um, amphitheater that's now next to Riverport. It's called St. Louis Music Park, which I've, it, uh-huh. it, it just opened. I mean, it literally was supposed to open last year during the pandemic and couldn't. So this is going to be one of the first shows there, but this little amphitheater only holds 4,500 people and we're in that's, like the 23rd row. It should be really cool, I think. That sounds like the one that's downtown in uh, Chicago, like the Olympic something or whatever, not Grant Park. Where Millennia, isn't it? Is it? Is it uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's where I saw Hosier mm-hmm. and Dawes with my yeah. niece. But yeah, it, it sounds like it's probably similar to that, like a like a smaller amphitheater sort of thing. The the advice that I would have to you, Richie, is is listen to some of their newer stuff. I mean, the one we did last week, of course, right. but I mean, even some stuff off their more recent albums, because Adam Duritz does not care about making sure that he plays all the hits necessarily. He plays what he feels like playing. So, you know, that way you actually know all the stuff. Yeah. So because I've, oh, I've got to refresh myself a little bit, too, before then. <laughs> They're obviously going to play the whole Butter Miracle thing, uh, or you know, through it. Did you see that they released the like the full video for that too? I haven't watched no, it yet. Uh-uh. But, no, but I didn't yeah, see there's that. like an official, you know, 26 mm-hmm. minute long sort of uh, video. To well, you would that. think that they would just start it and just play it straight through, right? I mean, that's yeah. the oh yeah, since I'm, kind I'm, of all goes I'm guessing together. they're either going to open the show with it or close it with it. You know, one of the mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll still hear plenty of hits. Don't get me wrong, but the the more you know, the better off you'll be. So. Yeah. If if you guys haven't uh, gone back and and listened to that Bill Simmons podcast with him on it, it was really good. Like, yeah, was- yeah, I, I did listen to it. It was. I haven't heard it yet. I still need to do yeah. that. So, so yeah, cool. All right. Um, next song on the list is Richie's, and it. You were right. It's the song I was just referring to. D, go ahead, yeah. Richie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Loser by Beck, and this was just one of those fun songs we had a blast with. Um, trying to slowly figure out what the words were, which is really <laughs> difficult because they make no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. In a time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get crazy with monkey. the cheese whiz. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I was reading through the lyrics and I, I would just, 
I thought, okay, well, I'm going to see, you know, we, we know what we liked, the reason that we liked this song and, and, you know, obviously liked it when he, you know, sang it in Spanish and all of that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, this song makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, really no sense whatsoever. Well, and, and looking at the notes, this, uh, uh, I believe I put in there, like Richie's got two of the more interesting songs to talk about, uh, uh, on, on this playlist, uh, the, uh, looking at the notes it's it's like i mean if if you know beck's oeuvre at all like this is the only song in in his catalog that sounds anything like this the rest of his shit is more folky indie rock sort of mm -hmm. uh, uh stuff uh but 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 in the notes he's he would start doing this thing after he like fake rap sort of interesting thing when fans at his little coffee house shows seemed to become disinterested in him so he would just start doing this free form sort of crazy shit and uh, uh uh and that's where this song came from like somebody saw it and said we got to do something like that and and six hours later they they had this fucking hit song that again sounds nothing like any of the other shit he's ever done I, I was intrigued by the part where he's talking about how he was trying to sound like Chuck D. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I never thought of that. But yeah, no. that's like cadence wise. That's what he's going for. He yeah. does not come close. It's um, a good song. I mean, it's not a good song in terms of anything like that. You're trying to make sense out of anything, but it's a fun song to listen yeah, to. Yeah. And if it ever comes on the radio or if it ever comes up on a playlist, you're not going to change it. Nope, I still stop and listen to it every damn time. Yep. He hung himself with a guitar string, a slab of turkey neck, and it's hanging from a pigeon wing. <laughs> can't write if you can't relate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Trade the cash for the beef, the body for the hate, and my time is a piece of wax falling on a termite that's choking on the splinters. That's actually a brilliant fucking line. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, there, there yeah. are little nuggets in there. They're just very well hidden. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize he was homeless for a while when he was like starting out like he the the notes said that he was like a homeless musician and stuff like I that remember, i was just like wow i remember the press and mtv were really hammering that fact home when the song was popular and speaking uh, of mtv how much he hates mtv or did hate yeah, mtv back at the yeah. time mtv yeah. makes me want to smoke crack yeah <laughs> exactly. but like i mean and mellow gold uh Richie, I know me and you had the album. I, I, I think Sean probably relied on my copy of it mm -hmm. for, for Loser. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mellow Gold's actually a really good record. Uh, and again, like his next few albums, uh, uh, I think Sex Vultures was the next one. Uh, but it, it, but they, they all, oh no, uh, Odile was the next Odile one. Odile with Where It's At. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess Where It's At is closer to Loser than anything else. That he's I, yeah, I agree but but it's a but it, he's he's very eclectic in in his styles you know like he put out one in the, in the 2000s called sea change that was like a like a really melodic sort of almost radioheadish uh album not what? fake plastic trees radiohead but <laughs> i guess sort of close to that but. he put he he also put out a song and i think it was 2015 called dreams i don't know if you remember that song Dean, yeah. but it, it was almost like a techno song in in yeah. some ways and i i liked it though it had a great vibe to it but it but it also sounded a little bit different you know the way that it came together as well yeah the the album i i think it was called sex Vultures, or that might have been a single but there was an album that came out after odalite that was a lot that was way more dancier you know mm -hmm. like like you said kind of techno sort of sounding uh i remember that one i the couple of songs off of that i, I really liked but uh but yeah he's wildly up and down with his with his style yeah i don't know what it was about that dream song maybe i should have it on here for a for a song at some point but for like a two-week period in 2015 i thought it was like the greatest song ever and then after a while i just didn't listen to it anymore i probably haven't listened to it since that two-week stretch but but i liked it a lot for a little bit so yeah kind of funny uh and speaking of counting crows the sean the next song coming up yeah the next song is rain king and this this goes back to the you know the whole driving around mood of um you know 1993 to 1996 we listened to this song a lot you know this was off of august and everything after and uh I hope I, I would be shocked if we don't hear this song in concert, Richie, you know, this has got to be one of those ones that he has to play almost, but, um, cause this song's really important to him more so than like Mr. Jones, which mm -hmm. I, I think he has kind of an interesting relationship with that song. This song was the one that they, he, he kind of insinuates that this song kind of defined them as a band. This song is also just so melodic. I mean, just, just, you know, you listen to the song and the beat of it and the way he sings it and stuff. It's just so catchy, you know, all the and way I, around. I don't think we talked about this last week or even, uh, uh, you know, when we were bring up like round here, uh, with Katie, uh, you know, several weeks ago, but, uh, 
but the, one of the interesting things with the way he delivers a song is it, it and similar to what we just said with Beck is it sounds like he's almost just m making up the words as he's going, you know, like telling an interesting story and, uh, uh, you know, the way he delivers it, even on a record, especially live, it just sounds like he's doing like a stream of consciousness thing, you know, along with the music. And, and it's really, really well done, and especially in this song and round here are two great examples of that. Mm hmm. Yeah, but go, going back to what you were talking about, Richie, the the meaning of this song, you know, and and uh, where he got the title from it was a the title of was it a book? Is that right? That it, that it was the it was the Henderson and Henderson yes. the Rain King, but it really yeah. doesn't necessarily correlate with the song, you know, from what the from what the notes said, the the song was more personal to him. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and, and like yeah, it doesn't fit with the book anymore, but that's kind of where he lifted the title from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And basically just about the fact that, you know, he never thought that he got everything in life that at that point that he should have and that he should have more. And I mean, if you listen to the way that the song plays out, it definitely screams that, you know, throughout it. But this song, for whatever reason, even though it's not necessarily written to be uplifting, when you listen to it, it feels uplifting just the way that the way that the music's written and, and stuff like that. It's just kind of a fun kind of uh, put you in a positive mood, even if it's not really the intent of the song necessarily. Well, and the line that the line that exemplifies that most is like the "Don't try to believe me because I've been here before and I deserve a little bit more." And then it goes, "I belong to the service of the queen." Mm -hmm. You know, like like that part there really really comes off as uplifting. Well, and then he gets and, and that that point that you just made that line that you were just at right after that. That's also kind of when the song hits its crescendo with "She's been dying and I've been," and he just kind of screams, "Drinking and I am the rain king." And then because I and then it just kind of chills out right after that, which is pretty interesting the way that it ends. I almost talked about the way that it ends in concert because I think I've listened to that across the wire version of it more than the actual album version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. and, and and Sean and we've seen these guys live a few times. The mm -hmm. song is a uh, is uh, standing mm -hmm. in concert uh i so last night when i was watching videos uh the one i fell on with this one was a one from a few years ago where they toured with matchbox 20 and he duetted this song with rob thomas oh that's awesome and, yeah. yeah it was really well done like rob thomas has you know got a, a great voice for these songs like these so so it worked it was really good it was really cool you guys should check that out another song so, that they does do that mean rob thomas takes a writing credit on the song now i, I think that's how that works sure <laughs> another, I, I don't know what that means but yeah another i feel like he just always gets credit on every song he's ever on oh, oh you're talking like the santana thing yeah or whatever okay yeah. Another um another song that they duetted in the past that I remember seeing um YouTube video of was um uh Long Day. They he would come out Adam Durwitz would come out with um with oh. uh, Matchbox 20 and sing Long Day and one time they did a duet of Poncho and Lefty, the Willie Nelson Merle Haggard song I, which is really uh, cool. Yeah. I think we talked about that on your on your country episode mm -hmm. when we had that song on. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of fun too. So um is the next song mine still too? Oh it is. Okay. Yeah, well this one this one is exemplifies the, the, yes. like this is the uh, a huge driving around song for for Benny yeah and us which is interesting because the song actually came out several years before we would have been doing stuff like this but it's Aerosmith's what it takes which is a you know kind of a power ballad off of um off of pump which came out in 1989 and I think everybody pretty much knows this song I I would have a really hard time finding somebody who if, if they ever listened to Aerosmith didn't know this song. Now, the interesting thing is I'm sure there's a lot of original Aerosmith fans that probably actually didn't like this song because it's not a typical Aerosmith like sound to it. It's almost more ballady than Aerosmith normally got, I think for the most part. And, and I, I kind of, I get the feeling that it like started off that, that trend for the band where you know, a few years later, they have crazy, amazing, mm -hmm. like, like a, three or four of these in a row. Basically all that? of the Alicia, Alicia Silverstone videos. Yeah. Yes. What was it? The, mm -hmm. the, there was something on SNL, the crazy, amazing and cry. Like they, were, <laughs> they did some sort of thing. And, and that's, and then they fell into the whole smash mouth thing where they just started writing songs like that. You know, that, that, that was like one of their, well, I guess some of them most of them they were they were trying to be more radio yeah uh, like vh1 friendly like the armageddon uh, soundtrack and all of that kind of stuff oh god i fucking hate that song <laughs> that song is so fucking bad <laughs> god damn it <laughs> i was thinking uh, uh i was thinking the other day uh, like i was listening to some classic rock playlist that i forgot to delete a journey song off of uh that that uh you know apple had and and uh and, and it made me you know 
with this song i made me think of that it was just like god these are fucking horrible songs horrible songs what the fuck and then i thought it would be i I was like it would be fun for uh you guys to come up with like a journey playlist and make me fucking suffer through it and just bitch the entire goddamn episode oh (laughs) that sounds like a lot of fun for us (laughs) (laughs) well no it's a horrible idea because i don't want to spend a fucking second listening to anything i don't have to listen to uh but uh, but yeah this song is fucking great uh uh as opposed to the Armageddon song, but uh, uh, it's just, just so brilliantly written and performed, mm-hmm. like that where he goes guitar and Joe Perry just starts playing the fucking solo. It, oh god, it's so fucking good. I also didn't realize all of the all of the kind of innuendos towards um, some of their other songs on the album. You know, I, I just never caught was, on to that. I guess, but I thought that was pretty oh, cool. I was, yeah, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I think I knew about the, like that, but. God, the way he just delivers some of these mm-hmm. lines is, mm-hmm. and then the whole let it go, let it go part at the end mm-hmm. and, and him screaming like that was so much fun. Fuck driving around, you know, uh, this is a really good singing. album. Actually pump was a really good oh, album. Yeah. I, I think it was their, their, their last really good album. Cause get a grip had those three songs that were are really good songs, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. I don't remember much else off of that album besides those where this one's got this one in no. permanent vacation. We're both just fucking spot on for the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I feel like after this, Red Hot Chili Peppers just stole all their mojo. Like, stole, yeah. it just, it, it, they, they got into that, the albums, Californication and those kind of albums, they, similar to an Aerosmith album, but they just did it way better than Aerosmith was doing it at that time. That's that's interesting. I never thought about that, but, the, but yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I can see that correlation. Uh, uh, I did not so know, I was, but, oh, go ahead, D. Sorry, I'll I started first. I, I was just gonna say I was uh, speaking of the Chili Peppers thing. I was, you know, obviously you think of them shirtless or without pants on, and you know, uh, uh, and <laughs> so the whole, yeah, in the Blood Sugar Sex Magic that whole album. So I was there's two different versions of this video. There's the studio version where they're just in the studio recording the song, and then there's one that's kind of like a Blues Brothers country and western sort of thing where they're behind the barbed wire, and and a, and a you know a fight breaks out because. Steven Tyler is like making eyes at this one woman in the crowd and I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, he is not a good looking man. Like, I don't like, I don't understand. Like, like, like Joe Perry is, is a, is a good looking guy, like a rock and roll guy. Steven Perry, or Steve Perry, Steve Tyler. uh, Isn't Steve Perry the lead singer of Journey? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. So fuck. God damn it. Uh, but anyhow, but I'm just sitting there thinking like, God, he is not a good looking man. Like, I, I don't get what people saw in him. I mean, didn't he date Bridget Bardot at one point? Like, he, he, well, he's 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 got a ton. Yeah. yeah. Of beautiful women around him. all the He's time. the lead I singer just, of a of, of a hugely successful rock band who has a shitload of money. So oh, is that what I should have done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I do think it's funny. I was reading something somewhere while we were putting this playlist together about the fact that I did not know that dude look like dude looks like a lady was written about Vince Neil. Did you know that? Oh, no, I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah. I read that the other day that he literally wrote that song about Vince Neil because at the time Hi, you remember what Motley Crue looked like. And I'm like, dude, yeah. look at yourself now. How could you even <laughs> sing that song seriously? Cause yeah. if you see him now, I mean that he, he does the same shit. So yeah, yeah. he is not t- actually, he looks even weirder. If you mm-hmm. watch that, uh, that van documentary, and he's got the uh, mustache uh, and stuff. It's yeah, really, it's really yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, pot in the kettle. Yeah. I will say that there was a uh, there was a Aerosmith concert on. I think it was like Directv's channel. I, I can't remember what that channel is called anymore. But uh, but uh, they they had an Aerosmith concert and I taped it and watched it. They they do still put on a pretty good live show. Oh, it was from the last to, few years. Yeah. It was pretty good. I, I mean, and and they're one of those bands that had like, well, I guess they have had like three separate careers. You know, like mm-hmm. they had the early '70s stuff before they broke up and drugs and all that shit, which are fantastic like like i can't think of a bad aerosmith song from that era uh which era, uh, they, now what years are you talking about with that like in the 70s you know like with dream on mm-hmm. and sweet emotion mm-hmm. and mama kin and shit like mm-hmm. that uh and then they go into the mtv years you know like the the they kind Walk of get into the, and well and and, and uh, uh yeah yeah like the whole hair metal thing they kind of yeah. slid into that that era without having to actually be hair metal and then they went on to the, you know, like the VH1 years and like they did that honking on Bobo album that was the blues covers, which is actually really good. But, but yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny name, though. 
I know. <laughs> you know, it might, might be kind of fun, you know, since we're sitting here talking about how they're they're more recent. And when I say more recent, I mean in the last like 25 years, maybe, you know, stuff isn't as good. Maybe it'd be fun to take some of the hits off there and do a show on it sometime and just kind of yeah, revisit those show. songs. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. So anyway, uh, do we need so to do I, we do we need to take a break now, D, or how are you doing right now? Because we're about halfway through. I'm, I'm actually good. So if if uh, uh, if, if you want to keep rolling along, all right, go ahead. What were you going to say, Richie? I was just going to say I had totally forgotten that this song had that that little outro bit on the end of it, and it you know it came up on the playlist all week. I I forgot that that was on the album. Oh, like the hidden track. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah. Yeah, I miss those. I miss those. Yeah. So, so, Richie, since we're not taking our normal normal uh, break here, the next song is yours. Um, yeah, so so this one, uh, I, I, I'm really interested in hearing Dee's take on it. I knew at some point I would have to work this band in just because. Um, and, and I actually, uh, the, the, the reasons for it, I'll, I'll get into in a little bit. But uh, the, the song is uh, Every Night by Imagine Dragons. Dennis um, has seen Imagine Dragons in concert. I have. No, Dennis has. No, have you really? Yeah, Imagine Dragons opened for Foo Fighters in St. Louis in 2011. No, that was Rise Against. Are you sure? I thought yeah, it was yeah, Imagine that Dragons been before Imagine Dragons. Yeah, it was. It was Rise Against. Oh well, my bad. I thought I. I always remembered it as Imagine Dragons. So yeah. you're imagining dragons. Sean. I guess so. I'm yeah. imagining imagining dragons. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Okay, go ahead. Have we even introduced the song yet? I, yeah, it was it was every night by Imagine Dragons, uh, not a song that I think either of you had heard before. Mm-hmm. It's it's off of off of their kind of breakthrough album, the one that had Demons and Radioactive and a couple other songs on it, but it was never released. It wasn't a single. It, it's nowhere near one of their best songs. Um, you, and, and I'm sure D has some some thoughts on whether they even have best songs. Do you hate um, Imagine Dragons, D? I'm not a big fan, no. Hmm. This is a band that has a very, very heavy backlash, especially from uh, most most music critics. Um, they they definitely kind of like Nickelback, which D does love for some reason. I know it's very strange. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, they they have a like. There's just this kind of undertone of it's it's manufactured music. It's not it's not really real stuff. But you know. I will say I, I I actually have enjoyed this band quite a bit. So, D, I'll, I'll let you get a word in edgewise. Well, well, so I'm not. I mean, it it does. It it's it sounds manufactured. It 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 like, uh, and I know it's not like the there's that from the cradle to the stage show that's on and book, on, but that's on Paramount Plus with uh, Dave Grohl's mom, and the very first episode uh, was with the lead singer of this band, and uh, and. I can tell, you know, what he's trying to say comes from a genuine place. It's just really schlocky. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's not journey bad, but it's just, and, and what pisses me off is, is Richie, the reason you chose this song, you said it was for, you know, the upcoming Father's Day holiday coming up. So I'm, and I'm like listening to this song, like, God, this is not good, but fuck. <laughs> you know, like I can't shit all over this because it's obviously got some sort of sentimental, re, uh, you know, thing for it behind you. But. I was guessing on this when I was listening to it after knowing that it was for Father's Day that this has something to do with one of your uh, long stint trips overseas. Yeah, uh, very much. So uh, the the album after this one is the the album that had Thunder, whatever it takes, mm-hmm. Believer. I mean it. It, it, it's kind of a murderer's row of of earworm pop rock songs that are that are going to going to get a lot of airplay, going to get stuck in your head. And so, that fucking believer song, god damn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's horrible. Uh, Shot, shots actually is one that I really do actually enjoy. Believer, I'm not a huge fan of. My kid, my kids loved Thunder for a while though. Yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Apple commercial. So so in 2017, 2016, Bryce kind of started hearing Imagine Dragons on the radio, really, really fell in love with them. They were his jam there for a very long time. And, you know, every three weeks, there'd be a new single that would go to the top of the charts. So they were getting a lot of play in our car uh, during that time frame. And then in summer of 2018, I had to deploy to the desert for a year, uh, gonna gonna leave everyone. And the, the way it worked out, I had to leave on the Tuesday after Father's Day that year. 
Mm. And uh, we, you know, kind of as the months are going on, as it's getting closer, they were, the Imagine Dragons had a concert up in Cleveland on Father's Day. So Michelle and I talked about it and it's like, it's kind of tough because you're, you're trying to be together as a family knowing, you know, knowing that we're leaving and stuff. And we ended up getting tickets. Didn't tell the kids at all. Um, just, just totally, they had, they knew, had no idea. So Father's Day rolls around. I say, Hey, let's, let's go for a drive. And we, we drive all the way up to Cleveland. We're, we're going to go to a park with a ropes course <laughs> or something is what we told them. And we get up there and, and then I, I yeah, yeah. They, they, they aren't the smartest things. <laughs> you know, at this time, Bryce is 10, like he's 12. He's I was going to say, is that from Michelle's side of the family? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> Her blood is from Winchester. Uh, <laughs> don't tell me about life. It's a good thing she doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is true. But yeah, so we, so we get up there and I surprise them that, that we're going to the concert. And, you know, we go, they put on a great, great show. They, uh, they really... Yeah it's a fun concert especially with kids comes out in the crowd it's high energy it's yeah um and then while i'm while i'm deployed for the next year we end up um you know bryce and i'll play destiny together on saturdays on my day off i would you know game uh, internet game with him all day and he would always like just have the cds on the, the music on in the background so i got to hear a lot of imagine dragons while i was deployed and you know, then that's how I ended up hearing this song because, like I said, it was a kind of a deep cut. If if there is such a thing for this band, so like at Christmas, the first time that I actually get to come home and, and see the family, I I text them this song as I'm as I'm driving up uh, to come back and see them, and 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 the song is uh, like it starts off, I'm coming home, and and then just kind of keeps going from there, and and it really. You know, for for the entire deployment, Imagine Dragons was was very much a, a theme in our family and, and kind of helped get us through. So I had to I had to put this on here for Father's Day this week. So D, go ahead and try to shit all over it now. Yeah, please. Yeah, see, no, I, I, I think my last line in the, in the note is also "fuck you, Richie." I hate that you take another horrible song and make me think twice about it. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> like, like I can't, I can't. It's a shitty song, but goddamn it, I, I knew there was going to be a but fucking story like that. That's so why like, music is so cool, though, is when it yeah. is when it can you know it can become a deeper meaning, even when it's not a deeper meaning song necessarily. You know that you can make it into one and make it so personal. That's awesome as soon as I, yeah as soon as i listened to it i was just like oh shit all right fuck god damn it like i, 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 I yeah yeah it's it's not a great song but i can absolutely see it uh uh and and yeah that made all the sense in the world to me i figured that's exactly where this was going and uh, like, uh. Um, <laughs> if you guys have not watched the their their new video to the follow you uh song the video's great it's hilarious they uh ryan reynolds is in it Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like the song is not by no means is not one I, I like that much, but the video is definitely worth watching once. We'll check that out. Sounds cool. So so D Dennis will not. So D, the next song is your song, but I think for for all of us, um, this is this is kind of all of our songs in some ways because we all like this song quite a bit. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, like, I, we all have the same distinct memory of this song from, mm -hmm. you know, going to bowling in PE and uh, uh, in Waverly. Like, the, there was a jukebox there, and and, I, and this song was just played over and over again. Was the jukebox great... was the jukebox free, or did we have to, um, or did we have to uh, or, pay for it? I, I think we had to pay for it because yeah. people put a lot of money into that thing. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because because it was one of those that did not play music unless you put money in it. I believe. Like I, I don't. Well, think... well now now I mean it was like an old school jukebox sort of thing. Like yeah. now every bar has those ones where you have the app and pay for the song on the app or you know like time or however it is. But but yeah, no, this was a yeah it was like an old timey one. So I know and, I know a lot of people definitely think that this um this song is about marijuana you know that and there is the ambiguousness of it that nobody knows what it's about for sure but after reading the notes this song has got to be about his ex-wife about tom petty's ex-wife it just oh, it, it, it just has to be it, there is no way this is about drugs 
I, I think Mary Jane is just, you know, a fun little, you know, like he took it knowing that people would, you know, make that connection, but he's actually singing to a Mary Jane from Indiana, mm-hmm. you know, sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I did like that. They did say that it, the, the girl from Indiana is the same girl from American girl, just a few years later. Like I, I love that. That, that little, is cool. Uh, that is that, cool. that bridge. Yeah. It's it's funny though with the with the marijuana references that uh you remember the the uh, well I can't think of the name of the song now let's get to the point let's roll another joint you know um let's head on down the road you don't know how it feels right is that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so yeah. how how they would not how they would not play that part on the radio because it was too yeah. too risque you know for roll radio that's just it's just hilarious in the in the world of 2021 so so anyway. And, and, and 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 going speaking about American Girl, like uh, uh, Tom Petty is so fucking great and mm-hmm. writes a, a great song. He's probably one of the greatest American songwriters, uh, you know, of the last forty years or, or so. You mm-hmm. know, and, and and I was actually thinking my recollection. I, I might be wrong, but I think this song was my introduction to Tom Petty because just I, by well, free falling. Yeah, free. I don't. I don't think I had heard those songs that much because growing up, my family listened to country and classic rock, but it was the old like fifties. Like it wasn't the seventies rock; it was the fifties. So he wasn't getting played on those stations. So I think I just had not heard him that much. And then this song, I you know, it, this one was getting played on WDBR, the the pop station by us. So I, I really think this was my introduction to Tom Petty, and then I are, went back. Are you sure it wasn't learning to fly from the Bulls' first uh, championship video? Well, well played. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't this before the video? Uh uh-uh. uh What year did this come that, out? Ninety three. Okay. Ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah, if I remember right, this was a single. This was like the new single that was on their greatest hits album, right? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't on a, an album itself. Which would have been a good, great time for uh, Richie to get into Tom Petty was, yes. you know, going back and listen to all those songs. Yep. I won't, I won't back down. That was the other Tom Petty song we had on here. I, I, yes, I, I knew there was another one. That was there. a homework request. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's right. That's right. And my class song, the Academy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Yeah, the that, first Tom Petty song that I really truly remember, and it was because of the video being played on MTV and watching it with Josh and Brandon, is into the Great Wide Open. I don't know why that video was just so good. You know, it just it that, told that such was a great story. Death, right? Yeah. 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 That, and that's a great fucking song. It that is a great, great song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that greatest hits album is worth a listen once a year. Or so just to remember all of those songs, cause they're all so good. Yeah. He's, he's one of those ones where you're like, Oh fuck, I forgot that was a Tom Petty song. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, like you know, all of the songs and you're just like, Oh shit. You know, like, I, like I, I every once in a while, like, he put out this great big box set, you know, after he passed away. And I spent a lot of time listening to that, uh, you know, but uh, otherwise you don't, it's not always like, you don't just put on a Tom Petty album because his songs are all over the place on a, a whole bunch of different albums. Like the greatest hits is the way to go to listen to him a lot. But, uh, but yeah, he's just so fucking good. You would never turn the radio dial when this, uh, when a Tom Petty song comes on. Just, yeah, just outstanding. This and great song and lots of good memories with it. Yep. Richie, you're up next. Um, so yeah, so this, my, my last song for this week is uh zombie by the cranberries. Um, just, this was another kind of song from that time frame. We would have listened to it in the car lots of times. I've always just loved the power in her voice and even like the meaning of the song, I don't think registered with me back in the day. Nope. Oh no. Um, much later yeah it's it's a very very powerful song i didn't know well, a whole you, lot about that about the uh bombings in in uh in london and england and all of that stuff i just didn't know a whole lot about that i, I read a lot of it up i mean wikipedia as much of it is completely accurate i don't know but i was reading quite a bit about it this afternoon and that that is very very intriguing story just about everything that was going on over there i think i was just a little bit too young to uh really have ever comprehended all the stuff that was going on over there then and it, sure it, it, it didn't get a lot of airplay on our news. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that wasn't going to be on TV with the mm-hmm. press. And, and you knew there was something, you, you know, like at that time when, when it was out, you know, we knew it had something to do with, with that sort of thing. Cause you know, the tanks and the guns and the bombs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, like, like knowing the context of this song now, when you listen to it, just fucking even talking about it, just goosebumps, you know, like, like, fuck, she's got, yeah, I mean, this is a big deal. And, and, and the, the thing about this song, uh, uh, 
is it's not it's not it's it slid right into the grunge era and they almost got pigeonholed in that and they're mm-hmm. not a grunge band at no all. It just no the sound that the timing of this song and the sound of the song which is fucking outstanding just slid right in there and and you know like people who would never have given cranberries a second thought did because of this song you know and 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 i mean it's a huge reason why they're they're you know get became popular mm-hmm well, this song and we had linger on, gosh, early on in the uh, yeah. in the in the show, and that's that song is so good in a completely different way than this one. But man, what a great band! I mean, really, what a great sound! Yeah, yeah, and such a unique voice, mm-hmm. and and similar to uh, Shirley Manson, who, you, who I always kind of think of these two bands together, Garbage and, yes. and Cranberries, for some reason, although they're completely different. But just that unique, exotic front woman uh, with with unique voices, you know, like the it's just yeah. Now, are you guys familiar with the Bad Wolves cover of this song? From I was just going to say, hmm. uh, and uh, uh, it's 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 kind of like the five finger death punch sort of thing. Bad Wolves is like some sort of weird super group of like diehard metal guys. So it's heavy. And, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, but she was actually it, it, supposed to sing backup vocals for that track, and the morning of of is when they found her passed away in her bathtub like like it was yeah like yeah she was supposed to record record and she died the night before wow Um, and 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 then the band the the bad wolves they kind of were trying to figure out what to do um so so she really she liked the version that they were doing she was going to sing on it they were trying to figure out how to kind of navigate this now that she's just died and they ended up putting the uh the releasing the single four days after her death with the proceeds going to her her children the power uh, i i mean it's I, i've listened i tried to listen to some of the other shit on that record it's it's not all that great but the power the guy sings with this song you can tell like whether he did it intentionally or or was just the way he produced it like you can he's channeling some shit right there like like it, it's so it, it it is actually a really cool version of that song now i will say the surviving cranberries band members did not appreciate the bad wolf song and and no. there's some animosity there they they didn't well, like how it coming out that quick and stuff but and and, and but i don't I, I don't know if if i'm remembering this incorrectly or not but but i i i don't think her and the band were getting along all that well mm. at that point uh uh so so like she was fine with it but but yeah but i think afterwards the band kind of was like yeah what the fuck are you guys doing so it wouldn't have mattered one way or the other they were going to be pissed whether she passed away or not i think i think Mm -hmm. so i think so Mm -hmm. when the violence causes silence we must be mistaken like that that's right there like just reading that line Mm -hmm. god damn Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, a great fucking song Mm -hmm. yeah i agree d your last song is up next uh, yeah, and, and a band we haven't talked much about on this show, but really mm. fits in this era. Uh, this is uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, uh, the first single from Smashing Pumpkins, huge melancholy and the infinite sadness. Uh, I remember when this song came out, it just fucking blew me away. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. God damn. Yeah, it was just, you know, being a shitty, angry teen, like it, like it just really hit home at that time. I just found it really interesting that they recorded it at the same time that they recorded Landslide. You know, which is just, <laughs> yeah. just totally bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 if, if people were interested in my own personal story and they knew everything that, that happened to me to me in my childhood, I think they would look at me differently because I was raised with a family that set me up to fail. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, uh, and the nihilism, the, the next line, uh, you know, talking about melancholy, like Billy Corgan is an outrageously arrogant person. Like, like he's just, uh, like, he feels like he should be higher than the, you know, Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell, uh, Kurt Cobain and, and, and Lane Staley and all that. Like, like he thinks he's responsible for so much fucking shit that went on in, in the nineties. The it's, it's fucking weird. Like this whole album, uh, both sides of it is, is just such, I, I mean, it's a great album, but it's like, get the fuck over yourself, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I look this this fuck. I love this song. I hadn't listened this, to it in quite a while. This is a good song. I still like this song a lot. But I will say that the Smashing Pumpkins do not hold up as well twenty five no. years later as a lot of those other bands that you just mentioned do. Yeah, yeah they do not at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. I, I mean, Gish, their first record uh, uh, is still pretty good. Siamese Dream, uh, I, it's not 
this album, this melancholy is just, there's too much on it. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's not. Good and then, album. yeah. And then, and then pretty much after this, they went off the rails. With there's that a door wreck. There's a few songs though, that they have that, that I liked back in the time. And if they come on the radio now or I hear them, I, I can't switch the channel quick enough. Like 1979. Oh yeah, my God. I uh, can't stand that song anymore. Oh, I think I just heard oh. it too many times or something. What was the, there was another song off this album that had the the video where it was all like old timey thing. It's and it's I remember it being it uh, tonight tonight. That's mm -hmm. oh yeah, uh, like, I that, like song. that song in the moment. I, I well I think I did, but like fuck I, I yeah it's just not any they're just this album is just not that easy to listen to besides this song mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, it, despite all my rage, I'm still just red in a cage. The world is a vampire. Uh, set to Drake, like it's just—it's it, a really cool song, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and no, it's it probably one—it's probably the only one off this album that I think still holds up. But uh, but you know, like Siamese Dream, like Disarm, and today, the and uh, God, I can't think of the song off of Gish. That's fucking outstanding. Oh, Disarm's still a good song when you hear it. That's yeah. just a very powerfully written song, though. And I mean. Mayonnaise, Mayonnaise off of Siamese Dream too. That's a great fucking song. Uh, yeah, and now yeah, he's, but, and yeah. now he's a, now he owns a wrestling promotion. <laughs> he's a strange motherfucker. Yeah. I, I Richie, did you not know like, that? He owns he, he owns the NWA, whatever the NWA is now, but it's just a small I, I don't know if huh. D would you call it an independent almost because it's so small. I, I think they're trying to do like the old mm -hmm. territory shit, like yeah. trying to take it all seriously, like produce a show like they did in the early eighties. Mm -hmm. Uh uh Yeah, he's just a strange man. I remember when he put out Zwan, uh like I, I I, was, I still try to remember him fondly because, you know, Siamese Dream and Melancholy were huge for us. And, but he's just, yeah, he does not have kind the, of off the rails. Yeah. He's not, he, he does not deserve to be, <laughs> you know, in the, in the grunge hierarchy. Stone Temple pilots should be above them, you know, like, and I think they are. Uh, but, yeah. But yeah, I would it, think so. I mean, yeah, I would think that they're above them or at least right there with them. One of the two. Yeah. So Stone Temple Pilots, the issue with them is just the lack of, I mean, they had those first few albums and then things just got weird for several years, you know, with them up until, you know, Scott Weiland died obviously. And then went to, you know, the band with slash and all of that, all that different kind of stuff. Velvet but Revolver, yeah, yeah I couldn't think of the name of it. Yeah. But yeah. you know, that that's the only issue with them, but I guess Smashing Pumpkins, you know, were kind of hit or miss too, you know, in terms of well, being a band or not for years too. And I think I understand what he means. Like they, they were a huge, probably a big influence on a lot of artists, uh, you know, coming up, like they were so, uh, so in the moment, you know, so I, I am, I imagine there's a lot of people that think very fondly of him and, and, and the song, but, but yeah, he just, yeah, this was their last great song for me. Yeah. So the last song on the uh, show this week is our uh, Van Halen, Sammy Hagar song for the week. And this is, uh, I believe it was their first single. Oh, it says their third single off of Balance. I thought it was the first single for some reason, but but I'll, I'll go along with the notes. But it's Can't Stop Loving You from the Balance album from Van Halen, which um, this was really the last, I would say, kind of big hit that they had with uh really as a band, really in general, just as a band, you know, before um, they broke up with uh, Sammy Hagar and then, um, you know, all the weird years that they had after that. But uh, this song is, is, I mean, there's not a whole lot to this song, you know, it just, it's pretty simplistic, but it gets its point across and it's just an overall uplifting, good song. I, I always, I've always liked this song, just the way that it was written and the way that the music is behind, uh, behind Sammy, the way Eddie wrote this song. I, I just think it's overall a, a fun song to listen to. Uh, the first single off of Balance was uh, "Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do." Actually. Okay. Uh, uh, the uh, I hadn't listened to this song in a while, and and it like going back to you know Zombie, like like I actually got goosebumps from it. it was, I'm like it just like I and I think more sake more for memory's sake, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, like because it had been so long since I listened to it. Like, but but yeah, it's a really it's a really good song and i love it's so good i love the ode to ray charles at the end of it hey yeah. ray what you said is true i can't stop loving you and i've yeah. and i and at that time i'd never heard of the ray charles song right. i have since heard that song and uh i just think it's so cool that they gave that shout out at the or sammy gave that shout out at the end of the song the way that he wrote the lyrics i it, it's, i had never known that either i had the same reaction i'm like oh wait makes I sense think, I think Bruce West talked about that mm -hmm. when uh, when it came out, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 but yeah, it, yeah, I, it's just a just a great song. 
Yeah, it really is. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about it necessarily. It's just a kind of an in your face. You know, there's there's no there's no um, room for uh, interpretation of this song. No, it's, it's very more than what it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, I mean, a lot of Sammy songs are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the, uh, but but yeah, this one is just really well done. And, and again, like I said, I hadn't gone back to it in, in so long, and uh, hearing it a few times this week, I was just like, God damn, this is forgot how fucking good this song is Mm -hmm. yeah it's good stuff but yeah all right well that is our playlist for this week and gents what do we want to do for the next go around be it next week or two weeks from now or whenever it is that we record well the 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 mammoth wvh album came out friday Uh, the whole thing uh, did okay he's dropped so many songs throughout the last several (laughs) months that i I felt like i'd heard the whole thing yeah yeah no the the whole album came out uh uh friday uh, uh, so that's one we could do in an upcoming show. Uh, uh, you know, but, uh, Sean, you still have your country playlist. I do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, yeah. So we've, we've got options and, and I'm game for uh, another regular show too. If you guys want to do that. You want to do another regular show next week and then we'll look into, that'll give us a couple of weeks or whenever we record it, I shouldn't say next week, but yeah. whenever we record it and that'll give us some time to listen to the new Wolfie album, you know, so we can like get that one down there there is um the songs that are out that have been out i haven't listened to the whole thing yet because i didn't know it was completely out but the songs that have been out are all really pretty good you know yeah, so yeah, it won't be a yeah. bad playlist when we do that for sure no and i love to talk about distance again i don't think i think richie i don't think you were on that show what you were on for the uh, uh the blame song uh, uh but but distance would be a, a fun song to revisit mm-hmm. too but but uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So let's do the regular playlist next week. We'll do a uh, uh, mammoth the week the, the well next episode and mammoth mm-hmm. the episode after that. That sounds good. I like it. All right, well, gentlemen, that's I think that's a wrap for the week. We'll be back next week here on Sean and D's Good Tape. Go Cubbies. I want you to know it's over. Bye. And we heard that, by the way, and I cannot end the show on Go Cubbies. That's disgusting. <laughs> I was trying to deleting the whole thing. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to slip it in there before you hit the play for the the tombstone part. Yeah, so just so you know, yeah. just so everybody knows, two of the three people on the show do not support that statement. So anyway, we'll see you next week here on Sean and D. Yeah, Richie also picked Imagine Dragons for fuck's sake. So <laughs> his opinion doesn't really matter for much. Yeah. <laughs>